Hello all, this is Blonde Haired Girl, and I wanted to do this podcast about the idea of a fairy tale. I follow Abraham Hicks quite a bit. Abraham Hicks is a... Abraham is a some form of intelligence that Esther Hicks is tapping into, has been tapping into since actually the 80s, I believe. To my knowledge, it was the 80s when Esther found through meditation, started to tap into a collective, they call themselves a collective intelligence, and they called themselves Abraham. And she, I so I follow her pretty carefully. And I also have my own connection to whatever it is that I have my own, which I believe is some type of collective, I think it, I call it my entourage. I have a um, actually, I didn't call it my entourage. I I was actually walking. I do this walk on this golf course by my house. And one day I was in a meditative state and ask, I ask a question having to do with, I guess, being protected. And what came to mind was I had an entire entourage with me all the time. Basically, I never had to worry about anything ever because (laughs) I have an entourage. I believe we all do. I believe we all do. Um, I just happen to pay attention to mine. Um, And Esther pays attention to Abraham. (laughs) I don't know that I'm, that I'm, specifically listening to like Lee Carroll listens to a guy or channels a guy named Cryon who I also follow pretty carefully um but I haven't I've actually asked I've asked if there's like somebody that I'm channeling and what I got was no not necessarily that I'm, I'm, they said something about my higher self, that what I'm channeling is my higher self. This was the message I got. I, I don't always understand the messages that I get. <laughs> I don't always understand. I'm like, what does that mean? I don't know. Anyway, supposedly I'm channeling, if I'm channeling my higher self. Um, but I started to, I started to really at some point question pretty much everything that had been said to me. I mean, I actually have questioned the idea that two and two equals four. I know this sounds really, really odd, but I'm a philosopher by nature and so I I just am very inquisitive. I'm like, why 
does two and two equal four? Like, and then are we creating math or are we discovering it or are we both? And, and, and not that I don't think math is useful. I think it's very useful. But sometimes I wonder, like just now what came to mind is the idea of our clocks are very useful too. And segmenting our time in a way so that we can meet up at different times and organize our lives through a through ta- supposed time. But actual time is not as we think it is. Actual time is progressive nows. It's progressive nows. It's it's consecutive nows. There's only a now, 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 now. And so, and so, I, and it's really, really challenging for us to wrap our hand, our mind around these things. But, um, but I started to, to question everything. And what I had been taught about life was that it, I was raised a Catholic, which is a special, a special gift in many ways. And especially challenging in many ways because the Catholic religion is really, really based around the suffering of Jesus. It's, it's really based around the death and suffering of Jesus. I mean, you walk into Catholic church and, and you see a dead person depicted on a cross with a crown of thorns. I mean, life is about suffering. You came here to suffer. You know, there's some ideas. We came here to pay off our karma. We, um, we came here for, to, to learn lessons. And when I'm sitting here, I started to think about this. And I'm like, there was a couple of things. One of the things I started to notice was that, and this sounds really silly, but I started to notice that people who seemingly should suffer, in my opinion, should suffer, don't. They don't seem to suffer. Um, like for something that they did, like say somebody did something wrong and they should, karma is really going to get them. I honestly, I have not seen that. I really haven't. Um, I do think that our choices have consequences, but I don't think that life has anything to do with any of this really. So now I also, in all of this, had discovered that we are indeed the creators of our reality. In fact, we are here now, this is what I believe, through my own, like tapping into my own collective and to the collective and also through Abraham Hicks, that we are the creators of our reality and I believe that life is really about creating 
as much joy as we can possibly have. And it's the only thing that makes sense to me. It's the only thing that makes sense to me is that we're here for joy and here to learn, to trust in that which created everything and that as being the kingdom. It's really super interesting to me that Jesus, he didn't, he didn't talk about suffering as the meaning of life. He didn't. He talked about us coming, that we might have life and have it abundantly, that God is our daddy, that everything is taken care of, that we would do greater things than he did. And he performed miracles. He actually rose from the dead. He showed us that life continues on when we leave our bodies. He said that the sun shines and sets on all of us. It doesn't just shine on some of us and not on others. It shines on all of us. And so if we, if we can change our beliefs about what our life is to be about, we can have a totally different experience. And so I've, I've done all of these podcasts. I've done hundreds of YouTubes. And I wrote a book about this change that had happened for me. But over the last almost two years now, I have been learning the art of staying in alignment with God. I call it God. Some people call it source. Some people call it creator. I call it God. And I don't know why it's just an okay term for me. And so this is what I do on a daily basis is, is, is check in with myself fairly continuously to see where I am at in my alignment, in my trust. This is what I have known for a long time. What I've known for a long time that I can't remember when but I did believe the things, some of the things that I was taught. And I believed that I always had what I needed, but sometimes I just didn't know. Sometimes I just didn't know where it was. I always had what I needed, but I didn't know how to access it in a given moment. Well, now I'm learning to access. I'm learning the art of accessing. Abraham Hicks would call this the art of allowing. They talk about some pretty esoteric to- concepts like that we have everything in a vibrational form before it comes into our physicality. And by the time that it comes into our physicality, it's old news. It's just old news. And so 
things have been happening a lot more rapidly in my life. Um, over the summer of 2018, I have to kind of like put that in a bo- in a certain box because it was a really, really interesting time for me of it's where I, I, my brain just changed and I, and I turned from a philosopher to a mystic. And it was very, very interesting. I was talking to one of my coworkers this week, you know, about the fact that I'm a mystic. And she was like, oh, that's really cool. You know, what is that? I said, well, the truth is I had no idea what a mystic was until I became a mystic. I had no idea about these things, like really, until I started to experience them. I'm a very experiential person. And so I would study and study and study and study these things, but I wouldn't understand them until I experienced them. So I experienced them, and then now I'm in the application stage. Now I'm in the applying my experience to actually living, living in the world and creating an amazing life. And in all actuality, I I believe the biggest obstacle to us creating our life is the belief that it is hard. The belief that it is hard. Like that enlightenment is hard. Like to become enlightened. There's there's so few people that become enlightened because it's really hard. It's for like those people who meditate all the time, those Buddhist monks in Tibet become enlightened. Or, you know, you've got your Catholic monks, or you have your very spiritual, spiritual list people who become enlightened. But a single mom who lives in Arizona, who works in early childhood, enlightened... I become become enlightened. I did not believe that I would be enlightened. That was my belief. And so my belief about it was the biggest barrier. But in all actuality, it was sort of like this this moment um where I was changed. And enlightenment is a really weird word as well that I think that that some of the people who are are teaching these concepts stay away from because it has such a connotation of spiritual pride and specialness. Who would not be special to God? Which one of God's creation would not be special? If we find it reprehensible to have favorites in a classroom or amongst our children, or if we find that a reprehensible concept, then 
how could we believe it about God that there are some people who are favored? We are all favored by God. God loves us all. We're all loved. And God's blessing comes to all of us equally. It's just that some of us in our beliefs, we've been taught and we believe what we've been taught. So we're not supposed to believe our priest. We're not supposed to believe our minister. We're not supposed to, we're not supposed to believe the, our parents. about the fact that you have to act a certain way. You do. You have to be a certain way. You have to act a certain way. And if you don't act this way, God is really mad at you. And I believed this. I actually believed this for many years. Many years. 52, 51 years of my life, I believed basically that God was incessantly mad at me. God was really mad at me. Being raised a Catholic and seeing the, the person depicted in the suffering and I mean, the Bible says that we were conceived in sin, we're sinful, we, we have to be baptized, we have to accept Jesus as our personal Savior. So all the people in the world who don't believe these things are going to this established place of, of hellfire and brimstone because they don't believe in Jesus. They believe they were raised in a culture to believe in Krishna or to believe in Buddha, to believe in just God, not Jesus, as the Jewish faith would, would say. And we have all of these, these man-made beliefs about God. We've put attributes onto God that are, that are not true. They're man-made. That which is all loving cannot be that other than itself. I believe that that is a direct quote from David Hawkins in one of his books. So if God is all loving, God cannot be other than loving. And so it is our, our challenge every day to stay in the love of God to stay in the knowledge of knowing that everyone is favored, of knowing that we are here for joy, we are here for adventure, lighten up, lighten up about every subject that comes because they come, things happen, things happen and they happen for the good and they happen for the bad. Seemingly. 
But what I'm learning is to not get, well, so Esther, Abraham Hicks, in, in some, when I've listened to her, she has talked about, she uses the concept milking it when something goes well. <clears throat> but really in all actuality, what we're trying to do is rewire our brain to positivity instead of negativity. And so, <clears throat> and so milking it, because I know that it's not just true for me, that when something negative happens, my brain latches onto it. It just latches onto it. And then it just churns and it churns and it churns and it just, it just, and it feels bad. And it's like, why would I latch onto something that feels bad? Lee, and I'm sorry, it's in the moment, it's seemingly bad. It's seemingly bad. And then, so, so Abraham Hicks would say, latch on to the thing that is seemingly good and then milk it. Just milk the good thing for all it's worth. And I've been doing that a little bit more. I've been doing that a little bit more. And I feel like it has been a very, very effective strategy for me. I really do. To, to the seemingly good thing. Like um, the other day I had... Um, I had the thought about these little brushes that I use to clean my teeth. They're like a little, little, it's like a tiny brush that I use to get the stains out between my teeth. And I was just thinking about it. And then within two minutes, I was cleaning my bathroom and I found one on the floor Within two minutes of thinking about it, I found one. Um, and when I think about that, it makes me very, very happy to know that thoughts become things and that I can think something and then it becomes a thing like right there within two minutes. It, it makes me really happy to know that I am a creator of positivity. That I can send positive healing energy to someone and then the next day they can come back and say, oh yeah, it was feeling a lot better today than it was yesterday. And believing that the God force that is going through me, the God power that is flowing through me, has the capacity to heal people. <clears throat> through my intentionality that I can wish someone happy, wish someone good, wish to wish goodness, and to know that that intentionality, that love, to send love, that 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 person can actually feel my love.
But in all actuality, that right there is where it's at. Is knowing that I am loved. I am loved beyond my capacity to ever understand that I am loved. That we are loved. We are loved. We are all loved. We are all loved equally. We are all loved equally by God. There's no favoritism. God's love shines on all of us. That we are loved. That God wants good for us. That our lives are meant to be joyful. That we're here for joy. That we are taken care of. We have angels. We have beings around us caring for us working behind the scenes to have our dreams come true, that whatever we ask is given. Whatever we ask is given. That we live on, a, on a, the most amazing planet. We have the most amazing array of animals to enjoy and things to eat and places to visit. And things to do that we enjoy for income, for flow, for money flowing at us in abundance so that we can travel and enjoy and smile and wake up in the morning excited about our day and what we're going to do, where we're going to go and who we're going to meet. What is the coffee going to taste like today? That we have the opportunity to be healthy, to live in a healthy body, that our bodies can heal, that our bodies can heal when they're not feeling very good. That we're here for joy and to move and to dance, if we like to dance, to play instruments, music, to listen to the wind, to listen to the ocean. To have rain and have snow, have sunshine. To experience what it feels like to be in an automobile. To be driving down the street. To get from one place to another in an amazing invention. To ride a motorcycle. To be able to to go up a mountain on a windy road on a motorcycle. To, to just be able to experience our life, our day, our that life is really about allowing our desires, allowing our desires. And so I've had some some things happening and I had talked about this being the year 2020 being the year and and some money money has been better this year it is increasing my money is increasing actually exponentially and I have I'm taking this opportunity in June to go to a conference that I want to go to. 
And the conference is held by people that I would like to learn from and actually have in my proximity to experience the energy of of who they are and the allowing of God flowing through them. <laughs> but it's just, and I have just been so excited about this opportunity. And there have been some obstacles with, with, because I have to get my passport updated. And so I've been having a few obstacles, but I'm going to be getting my, over the weekend, I'm going to be getting my, my airline ticket all set up. And so I have my Airbnb. I've already paid for the conference. I'm going to two days of it. And then I'm going to be staying multiple days in at in actually in Canada. I'm going to Canada and I'm I'm going to be spending extra days there and I'm so excited. I've been imagining myself on the plane. I've been imagining myself packing. What am I going to take? I've been imagining myself getting an Uber when I get to the airport, getting to my Airbnb, which is this really cute place that I'm so excited about. I've been imagining myself every day, you know, maybe jogging or walking and and experiencing where I'm going and I'm I'm just so 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 excited about that I'm so excited about that um my trip and then I just so I've been I've been juicing that for all it's worth I've been juicing it juicing it juicing it and really enjoying the thoughts about that experience I'm really really excited I know there's a beginning a middle and I will be conceivably coming home although it may be a place that I may want to someday settle. I don't know. I don't plan to ultimately stay where I am right now. I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I, I plan to travel over the next year and a half, but I, I, I want to be present as much as I can for my youngest son who will be graduating, going off to college here pretty soon. But Anyway, and then yesterday, I had this other thing happen. So, <clears throat> I I have been writing for years. I really, really, really like to write. I actually like ideas. I like to ponder ideas. And, and so, and I actually want to go something I know that I'm going to digress but I will get back on this subject but I have to share with you guys so I said earlier in this podcast that that I had questioned the term two plus two equals four and I actually found an article about it that that basically talks about this kind of idea and I can't tell you exactly how, but so this happens for me quite a bit where these ideas, these esoteric ideas that I have somehow come to me 
where somebody else has been thinking about it and has proven something about that concept. And, and this has to do with infinity in any way, but I don't have the article right in front of me at the moment. So I, but I just wanted to tell you guys that my idea about two plus two equals four and not understanding why. <laughs> um, I actually found an article about it. It was so funny. Um, but anyway, so yesterday I, I was at my, I've been working as a second grade teacher at a, a very special school and it has been quite an adventure. I hit the ground running with the class and it has been a huge learning curve for me. Um, it's coming along, but it's still pretty intense learning curve. And, um, Yesterday, I was preparing. I get to school early so that I can be ready for the day. I was preparing for for my day, and I looked at an email, and I had received a letter from a publishing outfit that I had sent my manuscript to or my PDF copy of my book that is self-published on Amazon. And the letter basically was very positive. They said that my writing was well done and that it was a story, a depiction, audio autobiographical depiction that they feel should go out to the general readership. And even as I'm talking about it, it just makes me just cry. I mean, I just, just those words, just that an editorial team from a publishing company said that that my work was well written (laughs) and actually worth reading was so amazing. I I cannot describe the feeling. Maybe it's the same feeling that I got when I actually finished my rough draft that needed a lot of work, by the way. When I self-published my book, I um I didn't have a lot of money and I did send it to be formatted because I wanted it formatted properly. And I actually am going to be working on a different cover. I have an illustrator that I want to make kind of a, a an emoji, not, not quite an emoji, but a, a more character version of, of me. Um, I already know who I want to do it. It's just a matter of me doing that. Um, But when I, so I send it out to be, to be um, actual, firstly, I did the book on blurb. I did it on blurb first. And I found the, um, the, formatting really challenging 
And, but when I got the book completely put in blurb, I sent it off to get like hard copies of it. And the book was full of errors. I'm talking, I'm guessing 500 errors in a very, very small book. I mean, it was just like error after error after error. And so I decided not to do my book in blurb. And I did the manuscript and I sent it to a company to format it through a manuscript. And this was had its own challenges because they would send it back to me, I would read through it, and it would have errors. And so, and they would send it back to me in PDF, and I could not fix the errors myself. So I had to get with them on this page, it has this on this page, it has this on this page, it has the I mean, it was, it had like major challenges. When I got copies of my book, my formatted my final formatted book, I still saw errors in it. And I'm sure that this editorial staff saw errors in my book. But the fact that they felt that it was generally well written was, I mean, I, I, I was just so taken back with joy and gratitude. With joy and gratitude. I had picked this particular company um, because of its name. It had a specific name that had pertinence to me. And I usually live on inspiration. And so I'm I'm waiting for, because it wasn't an outright editing, outright um, publishing contract. It would require me to pay some of the costs, initial costs. And I am not sure how much they're going to be. I don't know how this is all going to go down. But I can tell you what it felt like to be reviewed and get a positive feedback was just so joyous to me. And these things are moving me generally in the direction that I am wanting to go because my ultimate my ultimate goal in my life or my ultimate joy would be to be making a living as a writer and as a writer having people wanting me to come and speak and be in their proximity I would really like to be able to share my message, my life experience, my daily experiences with people who they themselves would like basically a joyful, happy life. And so as a writer and as a a person to come and and inspire and encourage people this is my dream life and this is the direction in which I'm going and allowing 
this joy, these joyful experiences into my life. And so this is my fairy tale. My fairy tale is, this is the life of my dreams. And it's starting to really come together. It's starting to come together in my actual physicality. And so I will continue to give you guys updates about how things are going. It has not been a straight road. It has not been a straight road. It has been up and down and forward and back. And I liken it to climbing a mountain. I'm I'm climbing a mountain and there are times where I sort of get lost. Sometimes I'm feeling so elated. I've reached some point in it and I'm looking out at the view going, oh my God, it's just amazing. And and I and I'm learning to enjoy just the process of it, the experience of teaching, the experience of writing, the experience of everything that I do and enjoying the experience itself of it. But I'm going to end this podcast and I will be back. And I so appreciate you listening to my content. I so appreciate it. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you. And that's a wrap.